Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. You know, church has become so commercial until we have gotten away from its true purpose. It has become such big business until we allow people to operate and function as long as they have something to bring to the table. People are now more concerned about recording and living in life of the rich and famous rather than knowing Jesus. For the true purpose of the church is soul business, not big business. I don't know about you, but I would rather have nothing and know Jesus than to have everything and not know Jesus. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast with Pastor Kimberly Black from Greater St. Stephen Missionary Baptist Church in Portland, Oregon. Do you know Jesus? Did you know he could live in your heart if you invite him in? the next song you hear prepare to be blessed of the Lord prepare for a move of Holy Spirit prepare to know Jesus in your heart Sometimes there are obstacles in the road That can leave you feeling low And you don't know how to move forward And sometimes there are turns you want to take But the way gets hard to trace Now you're wondering how did you get here But don't you give up until you see how God is ordering your steps So you can walk into your seats He that has begun A great work in you Is faithful to perform God is faithful to perform He that has begun A great work in you Faithful to perform it, our God is faith. Bless the world that blows. 
to perform. God is faithful to perform. Oh, He that has begun a great work in you is faithful to perform it. God is faithful to perform it. So if you ever get discouraged, speak to yourself and say, God is doing a great work. He's doing a great work. He's doing a great work in me. God is doing a great work. He's doing a great work. He's doing a great work in me.
see greatness exceeding abundantly more than we can imagine but let me assure you that it's great and our God is faith yes Lord Yes, you're great. Yes, Lord. God is great, and he's doing a great work. Good evening, good evening, and good evening. Thank you so very much for tuning into the Light of Portland broadcast. I'm Pastor Sherelle Pennington. I'm here live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I bring you greetings from Tabernacle of Faith, Christian Tabernacle. And I pray that you are ready to receive what God has for you this evening. I pray that you are uh, ready to experience a move of God, and I hope that you have come with expectation that God is going to bless, God is going to move, God is going to speak a word directly to you. And I pray that in the name of Christ Jesus, you receive all that God has for you tonight. I give uh, glory, honor, and praise to uh, the Butterfields, Ann and Stephen Butterfield, who are the head of the Block Talk Radio and have given us this platform that we might spread the gospel. And so I am truly grateful to them. They are a part of the Light of the World Christian uh, Light of the World Christian Fellowship, um, and they are under the auspice of Bishop Archbishop. Ruth W. Smith, and so I bring them love and greetings to uh, elect, Bishop Elect, Stephen and Ann Butterfield. I also want to say thank you to Pastor Kimberly Black, who is now the presider and host of Light of Portland broadcast. I love you with all my heart, and I'm grateful to you, and I pray that you are enjoying yourself and resting in the name of Jesus, because all of us need to rest every now and again, and so I am so truly grateful for her and her life and and for Greater St. Stephen's, and I say thank you so much for allowing the Light of Portland broadcast to continue and, and for all of the great and mighty things that you do in the name of the Lord. I thank you so much. And to you, to you, and to especially to you, all of those that listen and tune into the Light of Portland broadcast on a daily basis and or, excuse me, on a weekly basis, um, I want to say thank you so much. We would not be what we are. We would not need to do what we do if it were not for you that tune in weekly. And so we are grateful that you, for some of you that have made Light of Portland broadcast your church family. And so tonight I want to 
uh, give a few announcements, and then I would like to go to God in prayer. Following that, we will have a song of preparation, and then after that, we will have uh, – let me make sure that I have her title correctly. Um, she is the sister of a great dear friend of mine. She is Pastor Tricia Watson Kelly. Uh, her sister and I were in ministry together in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, at Light of the World Christian Tabernacle, and then um, I moved to Portland, Oregon, and then her sister moved to Portland, Oregon, and so we have continued to connect, and and so I'm excited about Pastor Trisha Watson Kelly that is going to bring forth the word of God tonight. But tonight, let us uh, have just a brief announcement that we um, have. There is coming an interfaith black clergy prayer breakfast. Again, it is the Interfaith Black Clergy Prayer Breakfast. It is Friday, June the 16th um, from 9 to 11 a.m. It is Friday, June the 16th from 9 to 11 a.m. The Interfaith Black Clergy Prayer Breakfast. And it will be hosted at the Embassy Suite located at 7900 Northeast 82nd Avenue in Portland, Oregon, 97220. Again, that address is 7900 Northeast 82nd Avenue, Portland, Oregon, 97220. They will be celebrating local black leadership and community in recognition of Juneteenth. It is hosted by Bridge Pomoja in partnership uh, with the Coalition of African and African Pastors. And so again, prayer breakfast uh, on Friday, June 16th, from 9 to 11. For more information, you can go to info at bridgeamoja.org. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O, at bridge, B-R-I-D-G-E, hyphen, P-A-M-O-J-A dot org. And they have a list of speakers lined up, um, and it will be an awesome time in the Lord. Um, You must register in order to attend. And so, again, that is Friday, June 16th, 9 to 11 a.m., the Interface Black Clergy Breakfast. I also want to invite you, for those of you that may be traveling or in the Atlanta area, uh, our Holy Convocation for Light of the World Christian Tabernacle um, and Light of the World Christian Fellowship 
will be happening July the 9th through July 15th. Again, that's July 9th through July 15th, right here in Atlanta, Georgia. So there will be more information coming forward, but it is eight days of an amazing worship experience. And so if you are in the Atlanta area and you would like to attend, all you need to do is go to comeintothelight.org. Again, that is come into the light.org and all of the information for holy convocation will be provided for you there i pray that you would utilize the announcements that we were just given and i pray that you would begin to fellowship one to another that is what god intends for us to do is to have relations love companionship one to another one in one with him and one in one with each other. And so I want to go to God in prayer. And following prayer, we'll have a song of preparation. And then our pastor, Patricia, will be bringing forth the word. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you to give you glory, honor, and praise, to exalt and magnify your holy name, to lift you up and exalt you, to call you, Father, the Lord and King and Master that you are, to acknowledge that you and only you are great and greatly to be praised. To say, Lord God, we exalt you, Lord God, we lift you on high. We call upon your name, Father. We ask that you would touch, heal, deliver, and set free those that are sick in their body, those in the prison systems, oh God, those, Father, that are in nursing homes and hospitals, oh God, those, oh God, that sleep underneath a bridge and in tents, oh God, those, Father, that are homeless, oh God, those that are, 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 are being abused, oh God, those, Father, that have been trafficked in, oh God, we lift them up to you right now in the name of Jesus, Father. We pray, oh God, that you would send healing, restoration, oh God, into this world and into our communities, Father. We pray right now in the name of Christ Jesus, oh God, that you will have your way on this broadcast. We lift up Pastor Trisha right now in the name of Christ Jesus. Jesus, use her mightily, oh God. Speak a word to your people, oh God, and allow them to have ears to hear, oh God. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that they would be, Father, more than just hearers of your word, oh God, but doers of your word, Father. And we pray, oh God, in the name of Christ Jesus, Lord God, that you would touch, oh God, and anoint, oh God, even our babies, Father, as as those that are here in Georgia, Father, are already on summer vacation, Father, and those that will be on summer vacation soon in Oregon, oh God, we lift them up to you right now. Protect our babies, oh God. Cover and keep our babies, oh God. Anoint and feel our babies, Father. We pray, Lord God, for the men, oh God, in this world, Lord God, that you would help them to stand up, oh God, as Father's Day is next week, oh God. Help us accelerate men more than just on Father's Day, Lord God, but help them to rise and stand up and take their rightful places, oh God, that they would be doing the work that you've called for them to do, Lord God. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, and we bind every demon, every warlock, every witch, oh God, anything that's not like you, oh God, we rebuke it right now in the name of Christ Jesus. We pray, oh God, in your name. 
God, that you, oh God, would stretch forth your mighty hands, oh God, and allow us, oh God, to feel the Holy Spirit move in this place, oh God. Holy Spirit, have your way, oh Father. Move like the mighty rushing wind that you are, oh God. Spread, oh God, your gospel, oh God, throughout this word, oh God. Allow us to hear that the Spirit of the Lord is saying that you love us, oh God. You wish for none to be lost, oh God. You wish for none to turn away from you, oh God. You wish that none would have a deaf ear, oh God. But all would hear and feel, Lord God, that loves us and created us, oh God, and desires for us to meet again, oh God. We pray right now in the name of Christ Jesus, Father, that you, oh God, would shake the foundations, oh God, of this world, oh God. We may be running, Lord God, from this craziness in this world, this wickedness and evilness that is in this world, God, but let us run after you, Father. We just praise and magnify your holy name. We exalt and give your praise, for there is no God like our God. There is no other God but our God, and we give your glory, O oh God. We give your honor, O oh God. We seek your faith, your wisdom, and your love, O oh God. And we pray right now, O oh God, that you, O oh God, would help us to grow in you, to experience you, to be loved by you, to be corrected, directed, and instructed by you and you alone. Oh, Father, we praise you right now in the name of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, and amen. Have you ever had a situation or circumstances where you felt like nobody cared? You felt all alone and even God wasn't there. Well, I did too, and here's what he told me. When you felt all alone, lost your children and your home, I was there. Twelve months you cried, even thought of suicide, I was there. Yeah.
If you could press one on your phone, we can bring you live on the air. Good evening. All right. Good, good evening. evening. Praise the Lord. Over to you. Thank you so much, Pastor Sherelle. God bless you. Um, I want to give thanks to God, who is the head and author of my life. 
Um, he saved me at a young age, and I'm so, so glad to be able to share his word with you tonight. Um, that was a beautiful song to prepare our hearts. You know, God made the promise that he would never leave us or forsake us. He is with us in all the things that happen along our journey in this life. And tonight we're going to focus on one of the statements that Jesus makes. He has several I am statements. And tonight we're going to focus on one of them. I've entitled this sermon, Eat and Live! Exclamation point. Eat and Live. It's taken from John chapter 6 verses 51 through 58. I'm going to be sharing from the New Living Translation, but I always ask people and invite you to read the word from your preferred translation. If you like King James, if you like New King James, if you like NIV, whichever, follow along with me. Again, New Living Translation, John chapter 6, 51 through 58. The word of God reads this. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And this bread, which I will offer so the world may live, is my flesh. Then the people began arguing with each other about what he meant. How can this man give us his flesh to eat, they asked. So Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you cannot have eternal life within you. But anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise that person at the last day. For my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. Anyone who eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. I live because of the living Father who sent me. In the same way, anyone who feeds on me will live because of me. Listen to what he says in 58. I am the true bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will not die as your ancestors did, even though they ate the manna, but will live forever. Praise God for his holy word and amen. Now, I know you probably heard this while you were growing up. Uh, Some adult in your life uh, probably said to you at some point, you are what you eat. And you may have thought to yourself as a kid, now what in the world does that mean? I've eaten plenty of grapes, I've had plenty of Cheetos, I've had hamburgers and hot dogs, but I have never turned to any of those things. Well, what they were trying to teach us as we were kids (laughs) is that you weren't literally going to turn into a grape or turn into a peach or turn into pizza. What they were trying to teach us was that the food that you eat, the things that you take in, are going to either make you healthy and keep you well, or they're going to not do that. They're going to cause you to become sick, and you will not be well. So you are what you eat. You are what you take in. That's what they were trying to teach us. Now, you may not have realized that this idea actually came from God himself. He came up with that idea first. 
I, I know that sometimes as human beings, we like to take credit for thoughts and ideas, but it came from God. <laughs> he gives us physical food for our bodies, and he gives us spiritual food for our souls. When he created Adam and Eve, he gave them all the good foods to eat. And then when the Israelites were traveling in the wilderness after leaving Egypt, he gave his people more good food to eat. And when you read the poetry books and the wisdom books in the Bible, you will see over and again the reference to the benefits of eating God's food, which is the spiritual food, the word of God. You find examples everywhere, New Old Testament and New. Here's, here's a couple of, um, from both sides of the Bible. Joshua 1.8. God instructs Joshua as he takes lead after Moses dies. You might recall that after Moses had died, God uh, buried him secretly. We don't know where his remains are. And he calls uh, Joshua to take his place. And this is what he says to him in, in chapter 1, verse 8. Study this book of instruction continually. This book means the word of God. Meditate on it day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So God says, you want to do well? Eat my word. The psalmist wrote in chapter 119, verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. So the person who eats God's word, who sits and meditates on it and thinks about it and chews on it, will learn God's way and follow God. If you go further in chapter 119 down to verse 105, it reads, your word, your word, your holy scripture is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And then if you jump to the New Testament, you see Jesus himself telling the enemy of our souls, the devil, when he is tempted by him in Matthew 4. He says, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, that's physical food, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So all along, God has been telling humanity to eat his food, both physical and spiritual, for it will do us good. He shows us the benefits, hoping, hoping that we will choose to follow him. Now, we had an interesting conversation in my Sunday school class this morning. Uh, people were arguing about how to witness to others. And uh, I proposed to the people in class that God gave us all free will. And so each of us has to choose God. We cannot force God on someone else. Just like he didn't force himself upon us, we have to choose. So God gives us this good food to eat, but we have to choose to eat it. When Jesus is on the scene, he is no different. Uh, once the Messiah finally comes, he doesn't do things of his own volition. He doesn't say things and make up new scriptures. He doesn't do things and, and act as, oh, I'm God all by myself. He is actually carrying on and saying what God his Father has told him to say. He is doing what God his Father has told him to do because he was sent by God to live among humans to further demonstrate God's love for us. 
So when Jesus is making his statement about being living bread sent from heaven, he assumes the audience will remember God's wilderness provision and his promise of the Messiah. Because he's not speaking to non-Jewish people. He's actually in the synagogues when he's making these statements. He's talking to believers. He just automatically assumes, oh, since they already know who God is, they're waiting for the Messiah. I am standing right here in the flesh in front of them. They are going to believe. They are going to understand the promise is being fulfilled right in front of their very eyes. And they are going to accept my offer of everlasting life. So listen to how the group responds. You have to continue reading in chapter 6. And if you jump down to the verse 60 and a few following, this is what it says. Many of his disciples said, this is very hard to understand. How can anyone accept it? And then verse 66 says, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Now, for some of us, we always focus on the 12 disciples. And yes, those were his inner circle of disciples who, who slept with him and ate with him every single day. But Jesus actually had much larger following of people, like cityfuls of people who came to be his followers. They were his disciples. And so at this point in Capernaum, there's a group of disciples that day that said, yeah, I don't know about that. I was good with you when you were doing the other miracles and stuff. In fact, he had just performed a miracle of producing a bunch of food for this massive group of 5,000 people plus. They believed in him. But when he started saying he was the actual food, what in the world? How was that even possible? So they deserted him. And Jesus was so disappointed, he turned to the 12, and he asked if they, too, were going to desert him. Now, good old Peter, you know, he's going to pipe up and say something, even if it's right or wrong. That's what Peter does. He says to him, verse 68, Lord, to whom would we go? Where would we go, Jesus? You're all we know. You have the words that give eternal life. And then he says this to him. We believe, speaking on behalf of the others, we believe. And we know you are the Holy One of God. So Peter declares this on behalf of the other disciples. Does he actually understand what Jesus is saying, that he is the divine bread? Let's break down what Jesus is actually saying to them. I think there's a couple of things. The first thing is this. Jesus is identifying himself with the manna and the quail that God provided Israel after he rescues them from Egypt. God tells Moses to tell the people to only gather what the family needs. The day before Sabbath, they could gather a double portion to prevent having to labor on Sabbath day, right? Remember his decree. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Don't work on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. So he tells them, get what you need for the next day for Sabbath so that you don't have to be working on that day. Now, when you go back and you read the account, you just got to shake your head. Uh, sometimes I just laugh at the Israelites, like, what in the world? Why can't the people just act right? Uh, but, you know, that scripture is for us to remind us we're no different. We are just like, mm-hmm, yep, go on and admit it to yourself. you just like the Israelites. Uh, they got out there in the wilderness, started bickering and mumbling. And why in the world did he take us out here? And, and uh, we can't say, we should have stayed back and even complaining, 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 complaining. 
forgetting all the good things that God had just done for them. Uh, as he tells Moses uh, to make sure that people only gather what they need. And yet, of course, there had to be the one, there's probably more than just one, who decided, well, I'm going to take some extra because uh, I, might, I might need a snack later on or I might need some extra just for tomorrow because who knows, people might come out here and, and gather up all the food before I get here. But what happens is when they wake up and that extra that they had, it's rotten and it smells bad and they can't eat it. God was trying to teach Israel to trust his provision, not to be greedy or not to worry. And we do that even now, this day. We get greedy or sometimes we worry. And God is saying to us, trust my provision. I will take care of what you need. And so God provides our daily bread. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, that's one of the things, right? Trust God's provision for what you need. He gives us enough to live day by day and have the health and strength that we need. So like the manna, like the quail, Jesus the Messiah will sacrifice his physical flesh and his blood so that humanity can be reconciled back to God and live with God once this life is over. And that's what most Christians believe, right? Anyone you ask will say, yes, when you believe in Jesus, you're going to have eternal life. We're going to live with God forever when this life is over. That's the first way that Jesus is our living bread of life. But there's a second way. The second thing that he's trying to teach his disciples He is the bread of life coming from heaven uh, because his sacrifice will actually give us abundant life. Uh, Now, depending on the translation that you're reading, when you read that scripture, it doesn't look like there's two types of lives there, uh, but there are. Jesus says, you will actually have life. And then he says, and I will resurrect on that day because he's trying to demonstrate that there's an abundant life and an eternal life. John uh, demonstrates this in chapter 10 where he records Jesus saying that he came to give us an abundant life. So this means God's intention of salvation is not limited to our eternal life after we die, but it actually includes this present life, the abundant life. God wants us to live a resurrected life through Jesus, his Messiah. This resurrected life means a life that, ref- that reflects godliness. We have victory over sin, and we get stronger and better each day that we walk with God and follow his spirit. Why? Because of the work of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus invites us to eat his flesh and drink his blood, he's inviting us to be restored to the very image of God, Imago Dei. Be like Jesus because we are what we eat. If we eat Jesus, we will live. We will be his. He will be in us and we will be in him. Somebody say amen. 
If we only eat physical food, we will die a physical death eventually, but ultimately our soul will die. Now, to underscore his offer to abundant life, Jesus preaches this sermon right after he has miraculously fed 5,000-plus people. He even has his disciples collect the leftovers. Why? Because he says to them, I don't want anything to go to waste. I want people who come after this event to also be fed. Jesus paints the picture that he can provide the physical food that we need for our physical bodies, and he also has the food that feeds the soul. And so this is why he says to them, yeah, I can help you with your physical things, but if you eat my flesh, if you drink my blood, you will live a resurrected life right here, right now, and in the world to come. But besides the two ways that Jesus is the living bread from heaven, God wants us to remember that with food come fellowship. Now, just think back in your own personal life. Right now, this is the season of graduations and promotions. Uh, We've got Father's Day coming up. There's going to be a lot of people gathering together. And what do we do? We sit down and we have a meal. I believe that this is one reason that Jesus' sacrifice is symbolized by a meal. Jesus' death and his resurrection reconcile us back to God. We have a restored fellowship with God, which is portrayed sometimes as God putting on a feast for us. We know that when we fellowship over a meal, people share of themselves. They share their thoughts, their joys, their sorrows, their hopes. We're celebrating something. Or in the times of death, we even come together as a community and we mourn our loss together. But we do it all over a meal. When we fellowship, it indicates our love, our respect, our sense of equality, and even acceptance. And this is why God says to us, I'm going to prepare a meal for you, a feast, because I'm demonstrating to you my love for you, our restored relationship. You are now coming back to me, and you are receiving forgiveness, and you have the sonship and daughtership. You are my children now. So I want to close with a portion of Isaiah chapter 25 because it's a beautiful picture of God having a feast for those who name the name of Christ. Listen to the words of Isaiah chapter 25. Oh, Lord, I will honor and praise your name, for you are my God. You do such wonderful things. You planned them long ago, and now you have accomplished them. You turn mighty cities into heaps of ruins. Cities with strong walls are turned to rubble. Beautiful palaces and distant lands disappear and will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong nations will declare your glory. Your glory. Ruthless nations will fear you. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O oh Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall or like the relentless heat of the desert. But you, you silence the roar of foreign nations as the shade of a cloud cools relentless heat so the boastful songs of ruthless people are stilled. 
In other words, you shut up the enemy's mouth. Verse 6 says, in Jerusalem, the Lord of heaven's armies will spread a wonderful feast for all the people of the world. It will be a delicious banquet with clear, well-aged wine and choice meat. There he will remove the cloud of gloom, the shadow of death that hangs over the earth. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and his people. The Lord has spoken. Amen to the word of God. Amen that the prophet Isaiah is being used to portray a picture of how our mighty God will save us. And remember, remember that he will host a feast for us one day, all for his children who believe in him. And there will be great rejoicing for all of the good things that God has done. Right now, right here, right now, it's not that time for that feast. What we have right now is to accept Jesus' invitation to eat and live. Let's close with a word of prayer. Holy God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you that Jesus is that living bread coming down from heaven for us, not only to give us an eternal life with you, but to empower us to live for you right here, right now. We have victory over sin. We have victory over the enemy of our souls. You have given us gifts to use for your glory. And so, God, we pray right now, liven us, strengthen us, give us boldness to go and do and be who you have created us to be, all for your glory. Amen and amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you so very much for the word of God this evening, Pastor Tricia. We need to know that Jesus loves us despite of ourselves, and all we must do is take the time to get to know him, and he will be our personal brother, our personal father, our personal savior, and he will allow his blood to cover us so that when we stand before the throne of God, all he'll see is the blood of Jesus covering us and will allow us to enter into heaven. And the more we know about Jesus, the more we know about who God designed and created for us to be like. And so I thank you so much for the word of God tonight. And thanks to God, I pray that you have received the powerful word from Pastor Tricia tonight. And I give you glory, honor, and praise for all that you poured out. We pray that you, the Lord would bless you. We pray that the Lord would keep you. We pray that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you, lifting his countenance unto you, giving you both peace and prosperity both now and forevermore. I pray that if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, that you would do so tonight by inviting him into your heart, by just simply saying, Lord, I am a sinner saved by your grace, coming to my heart, fill me, O oh God, with your spirit, that I may get to know you 
that I may walk with you, that I might have the promise of life everlasting with you and the Father. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. We thank you for tuning in to the Light of Portland broadcast, and we thank you for all of your support. And remember, we love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Until next week, have a blessed evening. Come on, give it up for the Straight Gate Match! Oh, somebody, come on and magnify him now. Give him some glory. Come on, just open your voice, open your mouth and magnify him. Oh, yeah, he's worthy. He's the great I am. Come on, somebody, come on. Oh, yes, he is. He's the holy one. Lord bless you.
Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.